You're listening to News Radio KMAN. Now back to the game with Mitch Fortner, David G, and Troy Coverdale. Hour two, the game. Mitch Fortner, David G, Travion Berkland. Us three today. Troy will be off the show today and tomorrow. He's uh, trying to help out the new staff for a couple of days this week. Brandon Peoples on vacay. He saw uh, Alanis Morissette in concert a couple of nights ago. (laughs) Uh, And he had a blast, too, by the way, which is awesome. Good for him. Real quick, I wanted to bounce back just briefly to the previous topic. That was uh, Scott Frost. As uh, he mentioned at Big Ten Media Days earlier today about the sky is falling situation in Nebraska because of lack of success, he says it may look like it, but it's not. Uh, I I mean, I could give you some numbers as to why (laughs) it may be falling in. Um, it, back to uh, the, the I mentioned briefly the offensive coordinator. We ran out of time. I was scrambling. I had an awful ending to the hour. I beg your pardon. Uh, but back to the offensive coordinator. So they have hired Mark uh, Whipple, who was at Pitt last year. He has spent three seasons at Pitt. But Kenny Pickett, I mean, he was one of the best quarterbacks in a maybe not so quarterback heavy class mm-hmm. for this draft. But Pitt won the ACC title, beat Wake Forest, which that's a weird matchup if you. Asked Mitch Fortner back in 2018 yeah. what the 2021 ACC championship would be. I would not pick Pitt. I would not pick Wake Forest. Odd. To be in that matchup, yeah, it was a little bit odd. But uh, Whipple was also a, a guy. I'm sure they're going to really change things up offensively for Nebraska this upcoming season with Casey Thompson, a quarterback who's certainly a pocket passer, has not shown a whole lot when it comes to flooding the pocket and and throwing on the run. He is most comfortable in the pocket. He's also not afraid to take off and run. But, I mean, Pitt just absolutely threw the tar out of the ball last year. They did not hardly run the ball whatsoever. And I mentioned the offensive line issues last season before the break. The offensive line for Nebraska last year was awful. Awful. Especially in pass protection. So, yeah. Mark Whipple has to be ready to certainly switch some things up. You gotta, you gotta go two dimensional. You can't just focus on passing the football because Casey Thompson is going to have a rough 2022 season if the Nebraska offensive line continues to be awful. Uh, but also, I mentioned no offense to uh, Adrian Martinez, but he's not the only former Husker on the team. I, I, I got it. I got to mention Will Honus, who I'm really excited to watch. Um, hopefully, he's going to be 100 percent ready to go for um, for fall for fall practice. Um, but also, of course, Cade Warner. He's back this year. He's back, baby. And he's also from previously from Nebraska. He played as mm-hmm. well for Scott Frost. Those are those are three guys that were like, listen. My uh, my career is coming to an end. Right. And what from what I have with college football that's left, I want to win some games. I want to go to a bowl game. Adrian Martinez said it himself. He wants to go to a bowl game. That doesn't happen anymore at Nebraska. Nebraska, with Scott Frost, is having its worst run that they've had in the last six decades. 
That's how bad it is up there. I would never make a prediction, and they were talking about it on ESPN today. They were talking about over-unders for uh, the the Big Ten, and unfortunately I didn't write it down where Nebraska is, but I mean, where it's at is a winning record, is Mm -hmm. a trip to a bowl game, and they're like, you know, we could see Nebraska winning seven games. I will believe it when I see it. Um, I, I've said it before. I think they have downgraded a quarterback. I think K-State has really lucked out with picking up Adrian Martinez. I mean, interceptions aside, he's had a pretty solid career. And, I mean, we, we, we keep our fingers crossed, like just correct those issues with the few too many turnovers, and you got a, a very – capable quarterback to send you a long way here in the 2022 season. Um, That that doesn't mean I'm not a believer in in Casey Thompson. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not. He he has certainly put together himself some great games as well. So, but I would never in the Scott Frost era, I'm not picking uh, a seven win season for Nebraska. I just, I can't do that. They got to prove to me that they can win first. And that starts, I guess, in Dublin, Ireland when they take on Northwestern and Northwestern. Oh, I, if I saw this right, Nebraska has been picked to win the big 10 West. Wow. That is insulting <laughs> to Iowa. That is insulting to Wisconsin. Wow. The, the, the rest of them, you know, who knows, who knows about the rest of the West? Yeah. I don't know. But, uh, that's crazy. Wow. Hmm. I don't know. I have to double check that. They I, again. I was watching ESPN. I don't know if they ju- they just flashed it up there and I caught it right at the end. And I don't know if that was just maybe one of the the uh, talking heads picking Nebraska or if that was actually the Big Ten media poll. I will double check that during the break. But I did see Nebraska's name at the top of the list Oof. for the West. Can't do it. How the West was won by Nebraska. Good God. Uh, also. Before we jump back also into uh, Big Ten Media Days, the other big topic from uh, not just Kevin Warren, but also a uh, AD from Ohio State, the AD from Ohio State, um, just saw this pop up on uh, social media. Jerome Tang has tweeted out a video of it. Casey Amen's basketball has tweeted out a video of it. Listen, I'm, I'm now convinced there's nothing Coach Jerome Tang can't do. If you give him a quick <laughs> tutorial – on how to do something, he's going to figure it out quickly, and that is also including working heavy machinery. And I didn't know this was happening, but it appears that, uh, and I don't know how much they're doing so, but they are repaving the East Pay parking lot there at the Bill right now. Yeah. And the, the parking lot that was being worked on today was in front of the BTF, the basketball training facility. And who's on top of the, uh, of the machine that paves it? Jerome Tang. <laughs> in the first video I saw was one of the workers there was just basically giving Jerome Tang the rundown on how to use this machine. He's like, it's not going to roll very fast, but here is, here's the go button. Here's the stop button. This is the steering wheel, of course. <laughs> We're just going to let you do your thing. And Jerome Tang was literally paving a parking lot today. He can do it all, baby. What is he going to do next? Install an elevator or an escalator in the BTF? <laughs> You know, this was uh, Jerome Tang's work here. Elevate this program even further. Yeah, By his own hard work with his own hands. (laughs) I thought that was really cool. And and, uh, Jerome Tang also added a video 
of the uh, the coaching staff. You know the game curling. We mm-hmm. see it in the Winter Olympics. Oh yeah, uh, they were curling in front of the. I don't know what the name. It's a cat machine. I don't know what's. Uh, the official name of this machine that's paving the parking lot, but they were curling in front oh. of the heavy machinery. Oh, that's awesome. That is really solid content. And also, uh, Jerome Tang gave us a, uh, it's a great day to be a wildcat while on the machine. <laughs> they did dub over it with it's a great day to be a wildcat from the press conference. I was going to say. Solid material. <laughs> it's still good. It's still good. But I was going to say, he's really good at um, replicating that. <laughs> he's so good at that. All right, let's move on. This also from uh, Big Ten Media Day earlier today. College football playoff expansion was brought up once again. Ohio State 80, Gene Smith, he acknowledged uh, that topic by saying, and he threw out a number. And this was after Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, said that he is he's 100% supportive of college football playoff expansion. And then Ohio State AD Gene Smith, he said that, quote, 16 just seems to be out there. You can't ignore it. I have, and again, I I, I got to be careful with my speculation. I, I think I go a little bit too far sometimes. Got to be careful. I understand that. Um, but it, the Big Ten was the first to double cross their uh, alliance with adding – UCLA and USC from the Pac-12 and adding him to the Big Ten. But it was the alliance. They are the reason that we don't have college football playoff expansion yet. Rewind to the beginning of the year. The conferences were having their meeting. Uh, Greg Sankey from the SEC along with uh, who else was in there? I think he was in there. Uh, Bob Bowlesby was a part of that. Somebody from the Mountain West. uh, Somebody from Notre Dame. Like There was a handful of dudes that worked out a plan, came up with the model of what we were going to have. I loved it, and it seemed like everybody did as well. And it was really also Greg Sankey throwing everybody a bone with a green to go with conference realignment because the SEC is in a phenomenal situation mm. with just having four. Yeah. And I will say, whatever direction the college football playoff does expand, if it does after the 2025 uh, playoff, it doesn't matter how big it gets because the SEC will always own at least a fourth of the field. <laughs> yeah. It will always be that way. It doesn't matter how big it is unless, of course, well, you have four. They're always going to have a team in. Absolutely. They're always going to have a team in. It doesn't matter how it goes. They will always have a team in. But the original plan was 12 teams with six automatic qualifiers, so it would be the Power Five, those conference champions, and the highest-ranked group of five. And then the other six would be um, the um, – the. why am I blanking on the name here? Um, not the automatic qualifier. At-large. That's what I'm trying to think of. The at-large. It'd basically be – it'd be at-large. They would be picked by the committee. And then there would be four buys. So it would be the four highest-ranked conference champions would get four buys. So you would have four rounds of this playoff, but the top four teams – would get a buy. And it seemed like we were all on the same page. Well, not everybody was on the same page. <laughs> the, American, you know? the American was in. The Mountain West was like, let's go. Let's do this. The MAC was like, 
Is it possible to play on Tuesday? <laughs> Can we play on Tuesday? Can we make that happen? We get you. If we play on Tuesday, we we put all your money all on the zips. The Sun Belt was like, can we schedule a game in the South? It gets a little too cold up there in December up north. We like our sun. Yeah. And we like our belts. But anyway, everybody was in, but the Big Ten, Pac-12, ACC, they're like, no deal. We're not going to do that. And I don't know if we ever saw a report on exactly why they said it. I was, I was trying to do some quick research right before the show to figure out if what exactly it was, but I, I, I know um, Dan Patrick talked about it, and it was it was said that the uh, the Pac-12 did not want to lose the relationship with the Rose Bowl and play on January 1st, which well, that makes me pull my hair out <sighs> uh, because with the playoff, I mean, and where bowl games are at these days, I know, the, I know it's the granddaddy of them all. I get that, but come on. I mean, we're tr- yeah. we're talking close to a billion dollars mm-hmm. in extra revenue to expand the playoff to twelve at that point. That would have been ginormous for everybody. Yeah, the granddaddy of them all. But it, it it did break out as well to potentially like the distribution of future revenue. Like they weren't happy about that. <laughs> anyway, they screwed it all up. Uh, they yeah, screwed yeah. it all up, and now. Kevin Warren is like, well, hey, you know, uh, uh, we're we're down for it now. Let's let's expand now. Let's do it. The sixteen team format. I suppose, like, it doesn't change a whole lot, but I mean, you're, I'm sure they're in for it now because now they have a little bit more leverage. They have a little bit more power. It's now a power two situation. And the Big Ten is going to get more teams in. Well, if expanded to 16, hey, that might be an extra Big Ten team that gets in. I still think I, – I, I'm more in favor of the 12. I don't want this thing being too big, if you know what I mean. 16 sounds like a lot of teams. And man. we know – I mean, even with the four, it's not that – it will be more entertaining football, I think, if you do expand to further than four. There's no doubt about that. But – I mean, with the NCAA tournament in in basketball, of course, it's pretty much split. It's nearly split down the middle of those that are automatic qualifiers, and then you're at large. It's just I think it's four more at large than there are the automatic qualifiers. Um, there is that comparison, I guess. But and I used to be the guy that would say, you know, the, these student athletes are not paid, being paid anything. We need to be protective of exactly how much football we're asking them to play. I still, in a way, kind of feel that way, even though NIL is a big player. But just there's no perfect way. There is no perfect way to map this out. It will never make, in my opinion, everybody happy. Even if you expand to 16, you're still going to be having that discussion of the last teams out. Should they have been in over the last few teams in? Well, that'll be an argument because you're still talking about teams in the top 25. You're still talking about some of the best college football has to offer. And there's going to be, of course, conferences that get more in than the others. It will not be perfect. Just me personally, without making too big of an argument about it, I just personally like the 12-team model better. I like the original plan that was proposed back in whenever it was, January or February. That just, to me, seemed to make more sense. Give the top four teams a buy, wild card round, whatever you want to call it. That just, to me, made more sense. You know, and... It, really, what this whole thing needed was for Cincinnati to to move on to the championship. That needed that needed to happen because I think that would have been like 
a wake-up call. Wow, hey, these teams are really starting to, hey, the, the gap is not as wide as we thought, hey. But then you have them get smoked, NIL gets introduced. It's just, even if you do 12 teams, a lot of them are going to be from the SEC. You know what I mean? It's going to be a lot of those teams, are they're going to dominate the playoffs, and it, it just it stinks. I don't know. I don't know how to make this any better. I know I like it better than the BCS. I can tell you that much. Um, and I like it a little better than previous what we were doing. But the whole playoff thing, it does – it's not it's what you said. It's not going to make everybody happy. But you've got to expand it to 12 teams, at least 12 teams. It has to happen. Because um, I do think if you look back, there were pretty obvious – there were years that K State would have got in. You know, if it was a twelve team, twelve team field, we would have got in, even when losing the game here or there, still would have been there, and so that would have been awesome to be part of that. Um, but with the NIL stuff, it just I can foresee it being like eight teams from the SEC or Big Ten. You know, and that that sucks. That really sucks. I'm tired of seeing those guys. <laughs> I really am. But uh, whatever. I just saw I was a little hypocritical earlier today. I thought, oh, we're all in. Let's go. Let's conference or uh, college football playoff expansion. Let's go from the Big Ten. They're all about it all of a sudden today. All right. When we come back, uh, there is a new cat uh, added for the 2023 class. Plus, it sounds like a Kansas Jayhawk is joining the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh. Uh, Going to be trying for one of those defensive end spots. Uh, maybe as a backup. We'll see. Uh, up next on the game. Travion, this is much better. With so much drama in the MHK, it's kind of hard being... I'm sorry. I was hoping to hear the rest of that. I could go, man. I could let it rip, but I'm not gonna, okay? And I want to steal the spotlight from you and Travion. Yeah, and saving it from a mixtape. It's coming out this uh, couple weeks from now. So Travion, is Kanye your favorite rapper? No, Biggie is my favorite rapper. Biggie, but Kanye is a close second. Are you? Here's here's the big question. Are you? I, and I know my answer. Are you East Coast rap or West Coast rap? East Coast. East Coast. Remember that was a big deal. I'm West Coast. Even though I love New, I love New York City way more than L.A. Yeah, I am a West Coast rap guy. I'm I'm more if if we're being honest I'm more of a South <laughs> I like, like more Atlanta? Southern rappers yeah Outkast my favorite band of all time Are you serious I'm dead serious There's no better band than they are Yeah They're the wow. greatest They're the greatest group of all time You're the first person I've ever heard in my entire life say Outkast is their favorite of all time Of all time Outkast is probably my favorite rap group Yeah the, of all time the best And then it's the Deftones And then it's everybody else Deftones at uh, number two Wow Oh yeah Jeez oh, yeah. Louise Led Zeppelin at number three <laughs> Rage Against the Machine Probably number four Are and you going to go to that show? I want to I w- My buddy bought tickets Back in the day day So I don't know Damn. how that works I have tickets for it But Yeah Yeah Well I had an Elton John concert ticket I had to hang on for about a year and a half Two years mm-hmm. Before I saw him It was still on the app and everything So I hope it's still out. going, or we're still going, because I'm pumped. It's like on a Tuesday, though. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. Well, you went to the stadium tour on a Tuesday. Yeah, and the, then work. I had to work on Saturday, and mm. it was fine. Like, I don't regret it, but I was, this last weekend was rough. 
Well, in, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to go see uh, Alice in Chains, Bush, Breaking Benjamin, and mm-hmm. Azura. It's going to be a good Sandstone. show. Yeah. But that's also like on a Tuesday or Wednesday. I that's think it's a on Friday. A Friday. Yeah. It's a Friday oh, it's show. a Friday show. Yep. Oh, if we got extra tickets around here for that, I might have to cop those too. Yeah, those. That's going to be a real good show. Real good. But we don't have no Outcast tickets, so I don't care. Well, when's the last time they toured? They they reunited in like the early 2010s for a tour, and then they haven't done anything since. Hmm. See, Andre 3000 doesn't release anything. He does features now and again. Is he still acting? No. I don't think he's at. I, he doesn't do much. He just kind of chills out. Well, I remember in Semi Pro. Mm-hmm. He was fantastic. He played Jimi Hendrix in the Jimi Hendrix movie. Oh, oh did yeah. he? And then um, in Four Brothers. Four Brothers is an that's underrated. Right. It's very good. It's an underrated movie. That's it's just a che- It's a cheesy movie, but it's really highly underrated. I love that movie. If I asked you guys off the top of your head, can you tell me how many days away we are from K State football? Forty-seven. No, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lower. No, no. Lower. no. Forty-two. Lower. That's exactly six weeks. Thirty. We're not playing on a Tuesday. Oh yeah, that's true. I'm gonna go with an even thirty. You're too low. Oh. Uh, Thirty-nine. Thirty-nine. Yes. Thirty-nine. You figured it out. Thirty-nine yes. days away. So we are, you know, roughly five and a half weeks out. Yeah. Uh, from K State football, I am. I am jacked. I'm ready to go. I'm going to be the new host of Powercat Game Day with Cole and Derek. So yeah, congratulations. That's going to be a lot of fun. And um, but we're seeing the class of 2023 continue to grow for K State football and uh, this kind of the housekeeping portion of the show because. I want to try to introduce every recruit that commits as I possibly can as we go along, because I think 2023 folks are really interested to see how f- much further this class continues to grow and in what way. Well, it continues to grow in a positive way. K-State sees their fortunes recruiting out of the state of Arizona continue as well, because the latest addition to 2023, he committed yesterday, yesterday evening, and he's from Glendale. And uh, he's looking to bring some of that uh, that uh, Arizona Phoenix market to the Midwest. Yeah, he has a defensive end, and his name is Ryan Davis. He's a la- listed as a weak side defensive end, and I love his size. I thought I said this was what I felt like is the most impressive thing about him: his size, six five two forty. He is a big dude, big boy. Who, if you need him to, he might he could probably switch over and play some offensive line if you're in a pinch. Right on. And I don't know if he played two sides, but he's. Not listed with a star rating according to Rivals, but 24-7 Sports has him as a three-star recruit. And uh, I mentioned Fortune's out of uh, recruiting out of Arizona, Adrian Lara, quarterback who committed, and he's now a cat. He's a part of the 2022 class. Uh, he is now here. Don't hear much about him because, especially like in the spring, didn't really talk about him at all because kind of feels like he's in a fourth-string situation right now behind Will Howard. Jake Rubley, potentially, and also, of course, your starter, Adrian Martinez. But this was also a win for the Cats over a number of Power 5 programs, a win over Washington State, Oregon State. Those are two, of course, well, those are two universities that are kind of shaking in their boots a little (laughs) bit with conference realignment. They're wondering what in the hell is going on around here. Hopefully the Pac-12 can expand, save the day. Don't leave us hanging. We got to still recruit? We don't even know what we're doing. But Boise State was involved as well. Also, a lot of like FCS. We're talking like Idaho State, Montana State, uh, North Dakota, things like that. Uh, San Diego State was in there as well. 
but um, 42 tackles last year. He had eight sacks last year as a junior at O'Connor High School. Talented kid, three-star, I think that's about right. Yeah, talented. Uh, defensive end, it, it's kind of hard to predict where that position will be next year. Of course, it depends on Felix Andudike Uzama, how big of a year he has, because, of course, he has next-level potential. I think he's no doubt next-level type of talent. Uh, like Nate Matlack, he'll, I'm sure he'll be around next year. Like I'm not talking about starting anything, but if he could squeeze his, him, him, himself into a position to be um, you know, a guy that gets rotated in, I doubt it. Like right off the bat, highly doubt it. Not yet. Uh, he will definitely have to work his way in, give him some time, and he could certainly do that. Now, from what I was going to say about the Kansas City Chiefs, they have signed a former KU Jayhawk as a Chiefs fan. Does that make you like really is this what we're resorting to is yes. this what we're doing yes actually he's pretty good i i he's know pretty good I, like not he's, like nfl yet i wouldn't yeah. say nfl pretty good but college he was pretty decent he's got a good he's got good size this guy you're uh your boy azur kamara has signed with the kansas city chiefs of course he's looking to win a roster spot uh but defensive end i mean that's another situation where again another defensive end when he was at KU, he played a couple of seasons in eighteen and nineteen. Where I mean, he 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 can he's a he's proven himself. Like you don't have to have the most sacks, you don't have to have the most tackles for loss in your career to make yourself potential for the NFL. No, but that's what he did as an undrafted free agent. He was featured on uh, Hard Knocks when they covered the Dallas Cowboys last year. Um, he, I mean, he was a feature. I mean, they went to his house. They filmed him when he got the phone call that he made the Cowboys roster, the 53-man roster. Uh, but, again, that's another position where that's tough because that's that was a first-round draft pick for the Kansas City Chiefs at defensive end just a few months ago in Vegas. George uh, Karloftis, who was a 2022 first-round draft pick, but also, of course, Frank Clark is there as well. You're going to have to also battle uh, with uh, Joshua Kendo, Maidana. I mean, you might not have to deal with the Jayhawk for too long. I think but he's, we'll see. I think he's more of a special teams guy. He's, he's like fast and long and lean. I don't think he's going to be like the guy you put out there like, get pressure on them and the you know third down. He's more of a guy that's going to make a difference in special teams. And he's going to be able a jack of all trades kind of guy. He's going to spring, spring the guys loose on some punt returns. He's going to block a kick here and there. He looks the part for sure. It does stink that he played it. Gay, come on! But a week from today, or a week from tomorrow, rather. Excuse me. A week from tomorrow is when we will have our first training camp report with the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. All right. I suppose we'll take a break, and when we come back. Number one song of the day action is next.
71, Brown Sugar, by the Rolling Stones, two weeks at number one. Yeah! you have any idea what this song is about? I think I have an idea of what it is. It's about a girl. Uh, oh, it's about literal brown sugar? The cooking? Uh, ingredients, no, brown sugar? Not really. Oh, heroin! Nah, you, you would think that. Okay, wait a minute. It's, 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 it's pretty it's, dark, It's actually. the Ro- Rolling Stones. So if it's not about a woman, a heroin, or literal cooking, what could it be about? Is it about a bomb? Or something? Huh? It's kind of controversial. Uh, let's see. Rock band from London, 62. Six decades of dominance. Really paved the way for those that wanted to get into more grittier rock. And their most known lineup, Mick Jagger... Keith Richards, Brian Jones, Bill Wyman, Charlie Watts. Reason I pick Rolling Stones today, Mick Jagger turned 79 Hey, happy birthday. Wow, 79. They've sold an estimated 200 million records worldwide, making them one of the best-selling artists of all time. Inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before I was born in 1989. And Billboard magazine... And Rolling Stone have the band ranked as one of the greatest of all time. Rolling Stone has them at number four. 26 studio albums. This is their third of eight number one hits. And I'm sure you're familiar. I'm sure Travion is just as familiar as well with this record, Sticky Fingers. That's a big record for old Rolling Stones. As uh, Rolling Stone itself listed this the 104th greatest album of all time. Woo-hoo-hoo. And it's the Rolling Stone's 11th album that was released in America. Uh-huh. All right, so here's the situation about this song. It seems all joyful and something you can dance to. Brown Sugar. How come you brown so sugar? Guy. Well, Mick Jagger has actually been trying to distance himself from this song since he says 1995. Wow. Uh, Now, just a heads up, this is kind of a dark description of this song, but it's what it is about. The track is a harrowing tale about slaves sold in New Orleans who subsequently were raped by their masters. Instead of deliberately provocative track, this comes across... As a white rock star boasting about viewing a black woman simply as a sexual object. If the message, it was said here, if the message was about the harrowing darkness of the slave trade, then the Rolling Stones royally missed the mark and created an offensive, racially insensitive mess. Insensitive mess, excuse me. Rolling Stone announced last year that they were they are removing Brown Sugar from their live set list. Now, according to a book written about the Rolling Stones by Tony Sanchez, all the slavery and double meaning that the song has, you can also consider this song about brown heroin. It was also called Brown Sugar, but that does contrast what the Rolling Stones themselves have said about what this song is about. Oof, either way, not a great... Yeah, I mean, this... I've, I have never before today really looked into the lyrics of this song. Me either. I just looked them up and was like, oh my God. Yeah, I was like, in the Rolling Stones, like back then, they wanted to be edgy. Yeah, yeah. They wanted surprise. They wanted to be shock rock in a way. 
And well, this this song just, in a way, in, in their eyes as well, missed the mark. Be careful what you wish for. Now they recorded this song in Alabama, in Sheffield, Alabama. Jerry Wexler, that's where they sent his big bands to go record their music. They got it done in a few days. And then two days after they recorded this song, they went to perform the Altamont Speedway concert. Whoa. Now, if you don't know about that show, which, yes, two days after recording this, they performed that free show. Mm -hmm. That is the infamous show where Hell's Angels showed up. They took over with security. And a member of Hell's Angels ended up killing a member of the audience by stabbing them. There is video on YouTube. You can see Mick Jagger. He is nervous. He is uncomfortable, unhappy. The band is unhappy. Hell's Angels showed up, took over security because it created nothing but trouble. And somebody died because of it. Oof. Yeah. Crazy, man. A lot of darkness around this song, man. A lot of darkness. <laughs> yeah. And this, I, well, that show as well, that was the first show they had ever performed this live after recording it. You know, and for the Rolling Stones themselves, kind of dark history there going on. You know what I mean? They got a lot of stuff where it's, whoa. But here's the deal. I mean, the Rolling Stones, they ended up licensing these songs for big commercials. That's I right. Mean, this showed up in Kahlua. Yeah. A Kahlua ad and also Pepsi. Yeah. They sold this to Pepsi. That's right. I mean, did, they only wanted the brown sugar part of the song. Yeah. They're like, oh, the other lyrics? No. 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 No, thank you. Brown sugar, though. Perfect. For, for, Rolling, Sto- for Rolling Stone magazine, so they used to have it ranked in the top 500. At one time, it was at 495. And then um, this last ranking that came out, excuse me, a year ago, it's no longer ranked. Um, so I didn't catch his name, but he was wondering to know, wanting to know the caller, um, about if ZZ Top's Brown Sugar, I don't know if it's right. a cover or if it's yeah. like the same cover. For sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah for sure. He was wanting to know if that was the, no, this was written by Mick song. Jagger. This was written by Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. This is their, this is their ditty. <laughs> but yeah, uh, ZZ Top did cover it. I, I know there's some other famous people. I don't ha- off the top of my head. I can't remember, but it has been covered by uh, multiple famous artists. I mean, the riff is amazing. You know what I mean? Like musically, it sounds fantastic, but the lyrics. You start to look at them, and you're like, oh. I think they should still perform it. It's a classic. And they and they have said, "Hey, man, sorry, guys." Yeah, you know, I like, I mean, you know, but uh, Little Richard covered Brown Sugar. Uh, let's see. This version's actually pretty good. So, really, Little Richard, as, as weird as it sounds, a pretty underrated. You know what oh I my, mean? Dude, he literally inspired all those guys, and he, he kicked butt. Into his, like, 70s. Yeah, like, he dude, was he still was killing it. Awesome. And it's it's weird how he kind of, like, became kind of a joke a little bit, you mm-hmm. know? But truly, was we're talking about musical chops. He had yeah. some real chops, yeah. man. The guy was awesome. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, I think everybody just got, oh, Tutti Frutti. Yeah, right, who cares? But, no, that wasn't all him. That wasn't just what he was. He was much more than that. You listen to his Tutti Frutti, and then you listen to Pat Boone's Tutti Frutti, and you would tell me which is better. <laughs> tell me which one's a joke. Okay? Hey, Pat Boone. <laughs> just tell me between them two, Pat Boone and 
Little Richard. Uh, Little Richard sang America the Beautiful at WrestleMania 10. Whoa. My favorite mania. Whoa. How was it? It was all right. It was good. Look it up, Trivion. Pull it up. All right. When we come back, DG, are you ready to go? I'm ready to roll, right. son. Uh, Travion, quick break. You play what you need to play. We'll come back. We'll ask us anything next. I needed to count. I always. I'm so sorry. For those, I, I, nobody knows this, but I do the behind the scenes. I count them down Wayne's World style, yeah. where I do like the finger point and just go with the uppercut. Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting the uppercut, and I got jab, jab, jab. Well, I was uh, counting down. I, like, <laughs> I know. The silent three, two, one. The real way to do, and it's it, God, I messed up. Hey, um, band tee. What's the last band tee you wore? Motley Crue. Very nice. On a uh, week ago. Was it the old school one or was it one that you old bought school. there? Old school. Dr. Right? Feel Good old school shirt. Oh, right on. Yep. It was given to me as a present. Hmm. Currently wearing Run DMC. So. It's a, that's a pretty rad shirt too. Thanks. I love those like kind of random picture shirts. I love that kind of stuff. I wore Deftones one the last time I went. Hey, what motto do you try to live by? None. Keep it simple. I don't need to live by other people's words. Ooh. I live by my own words. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big motto guy. I'm not a big put inspirational words on a wall guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Every I, man a wildcat. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I always um, think about the Michael Jackson quote, study the great and become greater. Whoa. I always like that one. I like that. It's a pretty good one. Study the, what did you say now? Study the great and become greater. I, I'm, in, I'm liking that one. That's good. I live by uh, don't eat yellow snow, man. Just <laughs> just avoid that at all possible. What hits different after 10 p.m.? You got anything? I mean, I think scary movies. I mean, obviously, eh. you know, like if I'm watching one at 2 p.m., I'm like, Pff. okay, I'm looking outside. There's the sun. I've always been like, it's not so much the time of day. It is if the sun is up or the sun is down. Right. Is it daytime or is it nighttime? I think like at ball games, I don't care if it's indoors or outdoors. Yes. If it is nighttime, it's just a totally different feel. Yes, it is. There's a juice. There's a special kind yeah. of juice rolling around. Yeah, I night, agree. Night games have something different that day games just don't have. Absolutely. I agree a thousand percent. What do you got, Trevion? Swimming. Swimming, swimming at night. Swimming. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. I like that, dude. Yeah. That's great. I think um, forgive yourself for not knowing what you didn't know before you learned it. That's the quote I go with every day. Give myself a little you know, round of applause for, come on. That's no. it. No. <laughs> you messed up the count in. So. I did. God dang it. All right. Travion right now is counting me down, so that means we got a split. For Travion, DG, I'm Mitch. We're back Wednesday, hopefully DY from Case Online with us. Go Cats!